Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allen in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your family are doing well. We are in the subject of our identity and our authority in Christ Jesus. So uh, we are not going to proceed with this. And I want to start by reading to you from the book of Colossians, verses 1 and uh, verses 26 to 27. So we are really talking about who we are in Christ. And that's where we are continuing on. It says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his, to his saints. That means that is a mystery that has been hidden from the ages and from generations. That means nobody knew it, but now God is manifesting it to us. And this is what it is. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So this great mystery that has been hidden, uh, you know, from generations and is now made known to you. It says that there is great riches on the glory of this mystery. That means this, this, this mystery uh, of Christ in us is a very, you know, it's very rich. The, the riches of the glory uh, of this mystery. That means this is a rich and a glorious truth. Or this is a, uh, the fact that Christ lives in us is something that is extremely glorious and full of riches. And I want you to think of what it actually means that Jesus Christ lives in us. It's, it is the hope of glory. Christ living in us because, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the Jewish people uh, of that time, you know, when uh, Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians. I mean, they, for them, God was such a distant figure. Um, and for man, even to think of uh, having fellowship with God or, uh, you know, an ordinary person talking to God was unthinkable because, uh, I mean, uh, uh, one, one could pray to him, but uh, how should I put it? To have fellowship with God. That was unthinkable because God was such a distant figure uh, they were not even allowed to pronounce his name. Uh, you know, this, this name that we say God's name is Yahweh. Actually, we don't know whether it is Yahweh because that name, it consists of, of four consonants and the English equivalent of those consonants are uh, YHWH. But nobody really knows uh, the, um, uh, you know, how those that that combination of four consonants is actually pronounced. Nobody really knows it because the name that is the name of God, and that is it's wrong for the Jews to even venture to pronounce that name and to take or to take that name on their lips because human lips are too unclean to pronounce the name of uh, and and Almighty and Holy God. So, but we call it Yahweh because it's it's easy to pronounce Yahweh, but it's not really Yahweh. You don't, we don't really know what the name is. Nobody knows, but it's just written as four consonants. But it says that, so you, here you have the Jewish view of God, someone so distant uh, that we cannot even pronounce his name, but for us, and it says this mystery among the Gentiles. I mean, not only the Jewish Christians, but even the Gentile, those who came out of uh, heathendom to to, you know, uh, uh, to God through Christ. They have this wonderful hope in them that Christ lives in us. Hallelujah. I mean, that is something mind-boggling. 
here we are in a situation where people cannot even pronounce the name of God, but we, let alone being uh, able to pronounce his name, we are actually, we call him our father, but we actually have Jesus Christ, the son of God living in us. And that is our hope of glory. And this truth of the indwelling of Christ in the believer is, uh, is a fantastic truth that is rich beyond uh, comprehension. No man could even comprehend what it means. I mean, the greatness of it, the glory of it. So Christ in us, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And this mystery has been hidden from the ages. It says that which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. That is, uh, that is uh, the most fantastic thing God has done for us, that Jesus Christ lives in us and he's our hope of glory. And that is something to, we should really thank God for every day. Thank you, Jesus, that you actually live in me. Thank you, Jesus, that you indwell me. Now, Colossians 2, <coughs> verses 9 and 10, and we're talking about who we are in Christ. For it says, in him that is in Jesus, the fullness, the whole fullness of the deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost and reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head of all rule and, on, and authority of all angelic principality and power. Wow. It means, the first uh, verse nine actually means that in Jesus Christ, okay, in Jesus Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead. That means all that the Father is and has, all that the Son is and has, and all that the Holy Ghost is and has, the fullness, the totality of the Father, the Son, and the holiness dwell physically and bodily in the person of Jesus Christ. That means in Jesus Christ is found the full expression of the divine nature of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They, they are found in Christ. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then it talks about us in verse 10. So verse 9 says, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead, you know, in bodily form. And you, are made complete and have come to the fullness of life in Christ. This is the Amplified Version. You too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and reach full spiritual stature. Hallelujah. So it says that, that in Jesus dwells the fullness of the divine expression in, the, you know, the fullness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit live in Jesus. But we, because we are in Christ, we are also made complete and we also come to the fullness of life in Jesus. And in Christ, we are also filled with the fullness of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and we reach full spiritual stature in Christ. And he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. Hallelujah. Now this is, this, uh, I must admit, this is, 
bigger than my mind can contain that uh, I can understand that part that the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit dwell in Jesus in their fullness. But the fact that we are in Christ, because we are in Christ, we, you and I are made complete and we come to fullness of life because in Jesus Christ, the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of the Father, the fullness of the Son, and the fullness of the Holy Ghost dwell in you and in me also. Beloved, listen, listen. We ought to spend more time in the Word and in prayer and meditating on the scriptures and what they mean. Then we'll truly understand how wonderful salvation is. When what we talk about as salvation, how wonderful this great salvation is, this new life is and this wonderful new creation that we have been made in Christ Jesus. And uh, now these, these are all scripture. These are not my own thoughts. What I'm saying is that we really, really need to spend time with the Lord and spend time in prayer and, and understand what these scriptures mean that, the, that Christ lives in us and that the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit dwell in us in their fullness because we are in Christ and that in Christ we also are complete and uh, we reach, it says, we reach full spiritual stature, stature in Christ. Hallelujah. This is wonderful, wonderful truth. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for what the Lord has done in our lives. I mean, I look at myself where the Lord picked me out of. Man, I was a Muslim and not, not, I mean, there are many Muslims who are good, good people. I was not even one of them. I was a sinner, man. Let me tell you, I was a sinner. And for me to think that someone like Jesus would love me and die for me and that the Father would pick me up and he would choose me, choose me. I mean, he could have chosen people who far better than me, but for some reason and only reason is his mercy, his love, his grace. It has nothing to do with me. He chose and picked somebody like me and put me in Christ so that I can sit here today and tell you that I'm full of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and tell you the good news that you too are that. And for us to uh, be at a place where we can begin to ask God and have a revelation and an understanding of all that we are in Christ and what God has actually done for us through Jesus. It is wonderful. I mean, we are blessed. In other words, we are blessed far more than we know or that we even realize. Hallelujah. Anyway, let's continue with this and uh, who we are in Christ. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, For as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new Real life is hidden with Christ in uh, with Christ in God. So it means that we are dead to the world. I have died to the world. The world has no hold on me. And my new life is hidden with Christ in God. My new life is hidden. I'm hidden with, in, with God, in God, with Christ. So I'm with Christ and with Christ I'm hidden in God. Now, in Acts 17, 28, it says, For in him we live and move 
and have our being. And I have a friend, you know, he's Greek and he told me what it actually means this. It says in him we live and move and where it says have our being, it means and we are. So in him, that means in Christ, we live and we move and we are. Hallelujah. That means that that my whole life, the totality of my life is hidden in Christ Jesus. The totality of my life is in Christ and in Christ I live. I, my very existence is in Christ because I died to the old life. I was crucified with Christ and when Jesus died, he died to the old. And when I died together with Jesus, together with Jesus, I also died to the old and I am resurrected with Christ and I'm in Christ and because I'm in Christ, my life is in him. In him I live. In him I move. Wherever I go, whatever I do, I am in him. And in him we are or I am. Where it says we have our being, it actually means we are. That means I am. I am in Christ. You know, some people say, you are what you eat or you are whatever. No, you are in Christ. He is your life. Your being is in Christ. My life is in Christ. In him, I live. In him, I move. And in him, I am. My life, my very existence is in Christ. And I am, I am uh, encompassed or surrounded by the grace and the mercy of God, which covers me from side to side, from top to bottom, from all around me. I'm covered and surrounded with the love and the mercy and the power of God, because in Jesus Christ, I live and I move and I am. That is who you and I are in Christ. Amen. Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, this is good. It says, <coughs> we are his workmanship. Workmanship is when you, when you go to a, a, a pottery place, you see those pots and those things. They are somebody's workmanship, the work of somebody's hand. If you see, you know, all these exquisite pottery or glass works or things like that, they're actually made by somebody's hand with a lot of care. So whatever you see, you see a, a, a vase or somebody, it's actually somebody's handiwork. Somebody, a craftsman, a master craftsman has made those. In Sweden, they've got in the south of Sweden, in Costa, Buda or a forge, they're famous for their glass works. And those glass works, those glass vases and things like that, candle holders, they're very, very expensive. And I sometimes buy them for my friends. They have made a beautiful Swedish uh, lead crystal. And so when you go into those factories, you see those master craftsmen, those glass makers, they make those things by hand. And because they're made by hand, no two are exactly similar. Same design, they're largely similar, but if you examine them, they're different because they're made by hand. They're not made by they're made in a mold, they're made by hand. So we are made by hand. We are God's workmanship. I didn't come out of him stamped out of a mold. I am God's workmanship and I'm created by Christ unto good works, 
which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, I must qualify this. Some people believe that good works lead to salvation. That is what all religions believe. You do good works, you'll be accepted by God. But in Christianity, we cannot do any good works to be accepted by God because our good works, the, even the best good works we do are as filthy rags. We are justified by faith alone. And when we are justified by faith, once we are made righteous by faith, good works flow from our lives as a result of the fact that we have been justified. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is not good works leading to acceptance by God, but this is acceptance by God that leads to good works flowing out of our lives. So it says that we, you and I who are born again, we are created by, we are created by God in Christ unto good works, which means that God has ordained, you know, God has, it looks like in the, according to the scripture, God has ordained a life for you and me. He has chosen, uh, has, has chosen a path for you and me. He has actually made a beautiful life for you and I to walk in. And that life is full of good works and great testimonies to the glory of God and many wonderful testimonies, wonderful stories of the glory of God, uh, stories that will lead to the glory of God coming out of our lives. So God has chosen that path. He has created that path for Christopher Alam. He has created that path for you wherever you are right now. And God wants us to find that path and to, and to walk in it because we are his handiwork. So, you know what? I, I always say this. It doesn't matter how much money you make, how successful you are, until you have found that purpose. Um, you will never be happy. Now, maybe that purpose in your life, I'm not saying everybody should be preaching the gospel. Maybe that purpose in your life is so that you can uh, make a lot of money and finance the gospel and finance the feeding of the poor. Maybe that is, that is, of course, if that is it, stay there. Don't try to be like me. Okay. If you are, if you're called to be a businessman, then ask God to bless you. So you are successful in it. So you can support the work of the gospel and you can help the fatherless, the poor, the orphans and the widows. Don't try to be like me. But if you, if God has called you to do what I'm doing, then you do that by all means, because the thing is that it doesn't matter what you do, you will never be truly happy unless you find the path that God has called you to. Because once you find that path and it is in following that path that you find true satisfaction, because then you'll see the testimonies begin to come forth. Then you'll see the fruit that will come forth from your one life lived for God. When you live for God in accordance with his purposes and plans for your life, you will truly be happy and successful and your life is going to be fruitful. So that's what he's saying that we are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So God has preordained a life for us, a wonderful life and for us to find that path and walk in it and bear much fruit. Amen. Praise God. Now, the next one, uh, next scripture is 1 Corinthians 30, uh, 1 30. It says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. It says that 
we are in Christ Jesus, right? We are in Christ. That's what it means to, you know, we are accepted and loved by God. We are saved. We are in Christ. And because we are in Christ, Jesus Christ is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. That means that everything you could ever want in this life, it is in Christ because Jesus Christ is it. So Jesus Christ is our wisdom. I need wisdom. Jesus Christ is my wisdom. I need righteousness. Jesus Christ is my righteousness. I don't want, you know, as Paul said, not uh, having my own righteousness, which is by the law, but the righteousness, which is of God, which is by faith. So that righteousness of Jesus that is available for us, that is in Christ. So in Christ, we have the wisdom of God. In Christ, we have the righteousness of God. In Christ, we have sanctification. And in Christ, we have total redemption. And redemption means that we have been bought from the hand of the enemy. We have been bought out of the hand of the enemy Jesus has paid for us. Actually, redemption in this case, it, this is what it means. If you go to a shop, right, and you, you want a suit, for example, and you tell them, I want this suit, uh, but I don't uh, have enough money with me. So can you put this suit, this suit aside? So you put that suit aside and then you, uh, you give them, say, $20 as a down payment and say, here's $20, keep this suit for me. So that suit is kept for you and you made a down payment of $20 and then you come back in the evening and you pay the full amount. When you pay the full amount, you're actually redeeming that suit. You're paying the full price and you're taking possession of it. So it says that in Christ, uh, because of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is my wisdom. Uh, Jesus Christ is my righteousness. Jesus Christ is my sanctification. And Jesus Christ is my redemption. Jesus Christ has redeemed me and he has paid the full price for me with his own precious blood. And it is because of Jesus I'm redeemed. I'm purchased from the hand of the enemy and the enemy has no part in me. He has no right to me. He has no access to me. Hallelujah. You know, I sometimes have... Uh, uh, people come to me like ladies often come and say, could you please pray for my son? He's not walking with God and he's living in sin and you know, he doesn't like to come to church. And I, this is what I say. I say, listen, madam, you should understand. Firstly, Jesus Christ has paid the price for your son with his own blood. Do you believe that? They said, yes. I said, so the Bible says he's purchased with a price because he's purchased with, purchased with a price. Jesus and his blood have a claim on him. The blood of Jesus has, have, has a claim on your son. Jesus has a claim on your son. Secondly, the word that you have sown, have you spoken the word of God to him? And she said, yes. I said, well, the word you have spoken to him. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 that the word of God shall not return void, but it shall accomplish the purpose for which you have sent. So I want you to believe that the word that you have spoken over your son is working in him right now and it is bearing fruit. That's the second thing. The third thing, 
Have you prayed for your son? Oh, I prayed a lot. I said, just believe that because you have prayed in the name of Jesus Christ, God has heard your prayers and your prayers are working in your son. I said that, I said that, look, it is as we put our faith in these things that the redemptive power of Christ will go to work in your son's spirit. And so when I pray for such people, uh, this is what I pray. When I pray with parents for their lost son, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that your son Jesus shed his precious blood for this young man. And I, I speak the claim of the blood of Jesus upon his life. And Satan, you have no claim on him. But the blood of Jesus has a claim on him. And I claim his life for Jesus. That's what we have to do. Because Jesus is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus has redeemed us with his own precious blood. And we can claim, we can claim that in not just others, but even my life. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and Satan has no right on me. He has no access to me. He has no power over my life. Amen. First John 4, 4, the next scripture. It says here, Ye are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So it says, you are of God. So this is what he's saying. Now, interesting is first John, John in this epistle, you know, he talks about the youngsters, you know, the children in faith. Then he talks about the young men. Then he talks about the father. We'll discuss that another time, another subject. But it's interesting. He talks about the spiritual youngsters, you know, the spiritual children. Then he talks about the young man, young men, and then about the fathers. But here he's talking about the young children, the little children in the faith. He says, even the little children in the faith have overcome the devil. Even the little children are overcomers. Why? Not because of them or how much they know or what they have done, but because of the fact that the one who lives in them is greater than the one who is in the world. Hallelujah. So the scripture declares <coughs> that you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. That is, you have overcome the devil. You have overcome every demon of hell. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So you and I, we have overcome the devil. And the reason we have overcome is because the one who dwells in you and in me is greater than the one who is in the world. That is, because we are in Christ Jesus Jesus, our lives are hidden in Christ and in Jesus, we are overcomers because Jesus who lives in us, he is greater than every devil in hell. And because greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world, it says you have overcome them. You have overcome them. You don't have to overcome them to overcome them, but you have already overcome them because the one who, live, who is, lives in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So that is why, beloved, this is a confession of faith we must make every single day. And I do this every day. And I say, I always say this, because I'm in Christ, the greater one lives in me. And the Christ who lives in me is greater than the devil. He's greater than disease. He great, he's greater than circumstances. And he lives in me. This is... Some, you know, the confession of the mouth is so important because it's not just enough with who we are in Christ. But 
these are like vital realities, legal realities who we are in Christ, but they become dynamic realities when we begin to speak them out. And so we have to speak these things out and say, I say that um, I am in Christ and because I'm in Christ, the greater one lives in me. That means that Jesus who lives in me is greater than the devil. He's greater than every disease. He's greater than every circumstances and he lives in me. And that because of that, I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. I'm an overcomer because the greater one lives in me. And the greater one who lives in me is greater than the devil, greater than disease, greater than every circumstances. Hallelujah. Beloved, every morning when you wake up, you take this in him confessions, you know, uh, I am in Christ and, you know, and who you are in Christ and you confess these things every single day. That is how we overcome. We overcome with the words of our mouth. Well, God bless you and we'll continue again tomorrow on this subject and I trust you are learning some things and are blessed and uh, the important thing is that when you learn these things, you hear these things, apply them to your lives. Speak them out. Do something with it. Okay, just just saying that. Well, I like this teaching. It's good. It's not enough. You have to do something with it in your life, and that's how it works. But let me pray with you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the work you are doing in all our lives as we share the word in my life and in the lives of those who hear me. I ask you, Father, cause us to stand strong in you and glorify you, that we may bear much fruit for your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I love you guys. God bless you. Keep in touch. Do feel free writing to me and share this, uh, you know, our um, our uh, uh, YouTube channel with your friends. Dynamis World Ministries. Share it with your friends so they can also read this because these teachings I'm giving, they're built like Bible school classes. God bless you. See you tomorrow.